Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative Podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. All right, welcome back to Narrative 101 in the classroom here. So excited to continue on this journey. Thank you so much for joining us here. And so this is our fourth Narrative 101. We've been kind of building this from the ground up with the narrative metaphor and talking about our ethics in terms of how we see people, um, not just as a single story, but as multi-storied and not uh, defined by their problems. And then that, of course, leads to talking about identity and recognizing how narratives shape our identity. And this builds right off that as today, we're going to be talking about the elements of story because if you think about it, if narratives are shaping our sense of who we are becoming, then it's pretty important to understand what a narrative is and what it's doing, right? And what our relationship is to that narrative or to narratives as a whole. And so that's what we're really going to dive into today. So thank you so much for joining and feel free to subscribe so that way you never miss an episode. And of course, feel free to leave a review if you are enjoying this. So here we go. We're talking about the elements of story and what that has to do with your life. And you might be thinking, well, what are the elements of story? Ha ha, stay tuned. I'll tell you soon. But I want to start off by saying that what we're focused on on this podcast is not just, you know, therapy or practices. We're focused on narrative therapy and narrative practices. So that narrative means that we're going to, we got to talk about storytelling. We got to talk about what it is because we've already discussed that we are living stories and that we tell stories about ourselves to ourselves and to others. And this is how we make sense and meaning in our lives. And it's interesting because a writer that I talk about on this podcast often, uh, who's Jonathan Gottschall. And I mean, if you haven't read his book, The Storytelling Animal, you gotta read this. It's so good, so thought provoking. And he doesn't mention narrative therapy by name in the book, but it's interesting because he has this little blurb that he says where he talks about therapists. And again, I'm not a therapist, um, but he talks about how a therapist, uh, perhaps their role is to, quote, revise their life stories, you know, the people that they're working with, so that they can play the role of protagonists again. And he's making that connection, of course, between the stories that we understand them because stories have a protagonist. They have a character that we follow. Well, guess what? In your life, by default, you are the protagonist of your story because you are the person that constantly, from the moment you're born to the moment you die, that you in your mind are aware of. But not only are you aware or following this person, you are this person. And people get to this point in their lives where they can't do this. They can't be active protagonists. They become passive protagonists and they allow life to happen to them, but they don't actually go out there and make life happen. And when I read that quote, I wondered if as a narrative practitioner, which is what I am, if that's what our job is too, is when we're having conversations with people to be able to help them put the pieces of their lives back together into something uh, more meaningful and life-giving for them, a preferred narrative, if you will. 
to help them to become uh, these protagonists that have a sense of agency. And that's going to be a topic we do an entire episode on at some point. But yeah, and that makes me think, okay, so, you know, I'm a protagonist and I'm acting out, you know, I'm, I'm living a story, but I'm also creator of that story. I'm a storyteller. So I'm, you know, it's like if you had a, a movie where the writer of that movie is also a character in that movie. Like you think of Orson Welles and, and Citizen Kane. You know, he created that movie, but he's also the star of that movie, right? And that's kind of how life is, is we both make choices that impact our lives and we also live out those choices uh, for better or for worse. Now, if you think about a writer or a director or a creator or a storyteller, when they sit down and get ready to plan out and tell the story, they're very intentional in crafting out the details of this narrative. And they're intentional because they have something that they want to communicate you know, through the story. And sometimes they don't even know what that, that is yet. But they have an idea for a story. It could be like C.S. Lewis where it was just this image of like a lamppost in the snow in the forest on a winter day or whatever. It could just be an image and that image turns into ideas and there's things in us that we want to communicate with the world because again, that's how we make sense and how we make meaning, right? So they're intentional about developing a story that is meaningful. And what would that look like for our lives if we were intentional about developing something meaningful? A meaningful life to live, that is. And that got me thinking of Donald Miller, another author that I love and talk about uh, on the show and in my workshops and classes. Because Don Miller, in his book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, the central idea, or at least one of the central ideas that I take away from that book is how can story, the elements of story, the things of story, the story stuff, story language, all that how can that help us to live a better story? Because that's what he was after in that book is he was trying to figure out how do I live a better story? And we like to say around here living a meaningful story because that is what we're after in life, right? That made me wonder, you know, as I read that book years ago, as I shared on um, that episode about dreams, as I thought about it, I was like, well, what are these elements of story? And what is the ultimate overlap between the stories we love and the stories we live? And I said, okay. And I just kind of did like a little thought experiment with this. Is I was like, okay, so tr typically when you think of the elements of story, you think of, well, what do stories have in common? And before I even mention what that is, it's very important to give a disclaimer here that it's so easy to compare our lives to stories in fiction. And sometimes we could do that for the better in terms of stories as myth that we want to aspire to try to be like. And sometimes it could be dangerous too because we can look at certain patterns and ideas in stories and we could say, oh man, my life is not complete because I don't have what this character has. And we can actually look down on ourselves and our stories because of stories um, because they're tight-knit, because they have nice, neat resolutions that we want in life but are probably not going to get. So it's tricky because in these conversations of trying to do something with all things narrative here, I acknowledge that I'm still figuring this out. And in terms of these elements of story, I'm not talking about like patterns. Like I'm not saying like, 
let's take the hero's journey, which I love, and let's say that that is what a meaningful life is, and that's what I'm going after. And I'm going to try to copy and imitate that pattern in my life until it becomes real. That's not what I'm saying at all, um, because that, you know, I mean, you can do that, um, but... The reality is life probably isn't going to be as neat and tidy as the hero's journey is. So I don't recommend that. So when I mean by elements of story and trying to figure out like what Donald Miller is getting at here about these elements of story can help us to live a a better story ourselves and a more full life, which this is one of our core beliefs here at All Things Narrative is that the elements of story can help us to live a fulfilling life. What I'm taking away from this, what my conclusion is and what I kind of worked with in my thesis here was let's take the four, what I consider the four most basic elements of story, which is what all stories have, plot, character, setting, and theme. So that's it. Let's let's just take those because we answer uh, what a story is about with those questions, you know, the plot is what is happening. Character, who is this happening to and who is the story about? The setting is where and when the story takes place. And the theme is why is the story being told? What's the message that the writer is trying to communicate? So my proposal with all this is can these elements of story help us to be more intentional about living a meaningful life? So Our buddy, Jonathan Stillman. Yeah, I got to get you on here one day, Jonathan Stillman. And this is one of his narrative principles here is intentionality. And intentionality is big in narrative practices. I've talked about the difference between internal and intentional states before. Intention is what do we, what can we do? And you could break down intentional, the intentional states into beliefs, values, sense of purpose, commitments, Hopes, dreams, uh, what do we want out of our lives? Uh, What knowledge and skills are we going to go after? Uh, Different things like that. So how do we live an intentional life? That's huge in narrative practices. That's what reauthoring conversations are about. Is like, well, let's talk about the ways that you have been intentional despite the trauma that you faced. And all I'm trying to do with these elements of story is giving us more language of how we can be intentional. It's kind of like if you think of it like this, because you know you might hear this elements of story and you might think like, ooh, I don't, I don't know, this might sound dangerous. Um, those are stories of, of fiction and, and all that. But I'd argue that even if you read like any type of story, even if you're watching a true story, these elements are there as well. And they're lived uh, instead of maybe like written by an author, but they are still communicated and written through a lived life, if that makes any sense. So like a great analogy that's helpful for me when I think about this is uh, Robert McKee talks about this idea of jazz improvisation. And maybe Donald Miller mentions this too. Uh, I mean, I mean, Miller's very inspired by McKee, so that would make sense. But like when you think about jazz and, you know, if you've ever, and I used to be in a couple jazz bands before, it's a ton of fun. And you get to improvise uh, on different instruments and do solos and all that stuff, right? So even though you improvise in music, you are still guided by these principles of music theory. And those principles are still there no matter what. Now, there is broad. You could go all crazy. You could go a lot of different directions within those principles of music theory. But 
If you go outside of that, then it just becomes noise. So it's not just noise, it's music. And that's how it is with stories as well. That's what plot, character, setting, and theme, they help us do. They help us to have a sense of cohesiveness, uh, a sense of purpose and narrative. So yeah, that, 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 that kind of helps me better understand this is like, we're going to take these very broad ideas and there's a lot of ways. The plot of your life could go a million different directions. The type of characters uh, that we become, lots of directions. The settings we come from, context, oh boy. You know those are, those are lively, diverse, and, and yeah. And themes. Um, themes are interesting because that actually I think is kind of what brings us together as humans are some of the common themes that we share. But Jerome Bruner says uh, this idea that stories creating reality um, both in art and in life. So when you're a storyteller, you're creating a reality that we get to watch or maybe participate in through our imaginations. And that's how it is in life as well as stories create reality. So the settings that we grow up in, they create a reality of how we experience the world. The things that happen to us, the things that we do, the events of our lives, the plot shapes the character and the character can shape the plot in return. And then of course, we have this the story stuff and we know that it involves characters. Kenneth uh, Burke talks about this. It involves that characters, you know, we have these, uh, when we're in action, we have these intentions um, and you could also maybe call intentions goals as well, but I love the word intention because I think there's a lot more weight to that word. And there's drama in our lives, you know, and we love drama in stories when we're not experiencing it. Uh, but when drama happens, when there's something that separates, you know, the character from meeting an intention or a goal. So yeah, and that and that's something that uh, maybe I should do a whole episode on that idea in in general there about what a character wants and and stuff like that. Um, but that all has to do with intention, of course. And so, yeah, it it just it just gets me wondering. It gets me thinking. And it, and it got me thinking as I was trying to piece all this together. Like, how can I take these elements here? And these elements, I mean, you see traces of them in narrative practices and narrative therapy already in the writings. So, like, I love Michael White's definition you know, when he talks about the landscape of of action that. You know, there's these sequences of events that are unfolding through time according to particular themes. And I kind of, when I heard that, the first time I heard that definition, I was like, oh, that's that's like the plot. You know, sequence of events going through time according to particular themes. And we could kind of trace these plot threads, you know, like if you read Michael White's Maps of Meaning book, um, sorry, Maps of Narrative Practice book, um, Maps of Meaning is Jordan Peterson. And so if you trace these plot threads of your life, you know, which is what you're doing in reauthoring conversations. And you're asking, you know, oh, like, can you tell me a story about, you know, how you acquired this knowledge or skill? Or you tell me how would your life be differently if you, uh, if you had this or if you applied this? So I feel like that, that that's kind of what we're doing is we're trying to understand the plot and we're trying to, you know, through the landscape of identity or consciousness, we're trying to talk more about character. And Jerome Bruner says that a character is a, someone who's in action with intentions or goals in settings using particular means. And I like that a lot. 
Uh, Donald Miller's definition of a character is uh, someone who wants something and overcomes a problem to get it. Another, another great definition I use a lot. And then you've got settings, uh, which is, um, you know, it's our context. It's the other places, cultures, other people that make up our, what David Denborough calls our association of life. So that's what we're talking about a lot, you know, in deconstructing converse, in, in deconstruction and those conversations or remembering we're trying to better understand the context that we come from, the place, those places and the times that we're in and talking about, you know, what's normative for a culture and what happens if we don't fit into what's normative in a culture. And then the themes, of course, are the reoccurring ideas that emerge uh, within all these things, within plot, character settings uh, of our lives. And again, David Denborough talks about like this historical trajectory. And uh, I really, I really like bringing themes into narrative conversations because really try to think about when I watch a story or when I, you know, read what, what was the main idea? Like what was the author hoping to communicate through this story? And I think if we go too far in the mess, like if it becomes primarily about the message, then it just becomes propaganda. And you know, when you're being fed propaganda versus when you're experiencing a story, because a story you, it feels real. It feels lived in. And that's where themes come into play. A, a good story has themes. And those themes, yes, they, they obviously carry a message with it. But, you know, if we're not careful in our lives, sometimes our lives could be propaganda for, for things. And that might even be things that we believe in. But instead of having these themes that you know, emerge in our lives and that we live into and that we embody, you know, sometimes we try to push an agenda or a message way too hard to where the point where that's what we become known for. That's the only thing that we become known for. And maybe you want to be known for what, for that one thing. Um, but yeah, but we, but we, well, we got to be careful, you know, and that's what I love about talking about this language is like, what is a plot? What is a character? What is a setting? What is a theme? And what are they not as well? Now, in terms of examples from fiction, because I do try to carry some of those into these conversations. I mean, I could literally talk about anything because we, that's what we're talking about is we're talking about how does fiction, what, how can it inform us about our lives? You know, I just fin finished rewatching the Lord of the Rings trilogy and we got an episode coming up on uh, Lord of the Rings and Narnia soon. I mean, it's fascinating when you look at, when you watch Lord of the Rings, I mean, terrific movies. But, you know, there's obviously plots, characters, settings, and themes. But then I could also watch Lord of the Rings, this mythological thing that takes place in a whole other earth than our own. And I can, I can reflect on it. I can uh, look at the the journeys, you know, the the story, the plot um, that Frodo and Sam and Gandalf and Legolas and Boromir and Aragorn and Gimli and all these characters, what they embark on, and I could kind of go through my life and I could kind of, you know, I could trace, you know, how did I get here? How did I get to this point? What events led me here? And you know, you get to the end of the Lord of the Rings, you get to the the Return of the King at the ending, the or super long endings, I should say. 
and you know that there's a series of experiences that brought them there, that brought them to that place. And that's why we have chapters in our stories as well, because we know that even though the story of the Lord of the Rings is over, the story of those characters are not over. And so again, this is why we got to be careful when we compare our lives to stories. And that's why I love this idea of chapters is like sometimes we have chapters that open and they close. And so when we might think might be the end of something in our story, it really might just might be the end of a chapter. And we might be just getting ready to start the next chapter in our story. And then I think about, you know, with those characters, what are they intentional about? What do they want? What are their goals? How are they getting there? I think about Frodo. And even though, you know, I don't have a magical ring that I need to get to Mordor and destroy, there are things in life that we can lust after, that I found myself lusting after, uh, that sense of power and control and being above others. How do you get rid of that? How do you destroy that? What journey do you have to go through for that? How do the different settings, you know, whether it was the Shire for the Hobbits, whether it was Mordor for uh, Saruman and the Orcs and all that, you know, how do these settings, how did they influence those characters? How do settings influence me? How am I inspired, or I should say, how am I influenced by being you know, raised in Southern California in the 90s and the 2000s by the parents I had, by the institutions and schools and places and things that I was a part of and the people that I surrounded myself by, you know? How was I influenced uh, at the, based on the time and place that I'm in? And if I lived at a different time and place, um, what would I be like? It's interesting, interesting questions uh, to think about, you know? And then, of course, there's the themes of the Lord of the Rings. Like, what are the, the central ideas of that story? And how do I connect with those ideas in my life? So, like, for example, in Return of the King, there's this theme about the power of redemption. So you've got you know, Aragorn returning to be the rightful king and taking his place there and um, bringing redemption to that kingdom that has not had a good leader in charge for so long. And you've got uh, characters like Frodo and Sam who have gone through so much and how do they bring about this redemption to, to Middle Earth and to all the struggles that they've faced? And... Maybe there's certain characters that don't experience that redemption, like uh, Gollum. So it makes me think about, you know, where have I received redemption in my life? And how can I play a role in the redemption of others? So yeah, taking broad strokes here, broad strokes, these elements of story and really thinking through our lives. Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, I'm going to read another Jonathan Gottschall quote here, but um, it just works for this. So story, whether through films, books, or video games, teaches us facts about the world, influences our moral logic, and marks us with fears, hopes, and anxieties that alter our behavior, perhaps even our personalities. Again, this is what I shared at the identity episode. Research shows that story is constantly nibbling and netting us, shaping our minds without our knowledge or consent. The more deeply we are cast under story's spell, the more potent its influence. So if story is already important to us, and I believe that it is, and if it's already there, 
then let's, why not make the most of it? Let's make the most of it. And let's dive into these elements of story and ask ourselves, well, if I'm surrounded by stories all the time, how can I have a healthy relationship with the stories that I love? Not necessarily trying to, you know, force these patterns or force these things upon my life, but how can I take these categories uh, just like a writer? How can I be intentional about the story that my life tells? And that's what we at All Things Narrative are trying to do. That's it right there. How can we uh, learn to tell our stories? And that's what we're going to talk about next week. So stay tuned. But how can we live a meaningful story? And I'll argue that one of the ways we can learn to live a meaningful story is by learning how to tell our stories in ways that are meaningful. And that's what I got for you next week. But for now, let's just take this in. The elements of story, living intentionally. Are you doing it? Where are you not doing it? I don't know. And so that's a question I had to ask myself is, am I being intentional in my life? And when I think about being intentional in my life, I think about being in high school. And, you know, I shared already in previous episode that, you know, I was bullied and I I got depressed a lot in high school and uh, was even suicidal. But as my high school years went on in my junior and senior year, I really had changed a lot. And a lot of that was becoming a person of faith. And a lot of that was also just um, being able to be intentional about the story that I was living. And I had people in my life that were helping me uh, to do that. And one of the ways that I was in- inspired I'll give you a healthy a relationship of kind of like a what was a healthy example for me. So there was a movie that came out in 2010. Uh, 2010, of course, was the year that I graduated from high school. And this movie came out in January. And it was called To Save a Life. And it's not the best movie ever. You know, for me, it's like an average movie, like in terms of like my letterboxed. But in terms of how it influenced me, how it inspired me, it it was huge. And it's a story about, you know, a kid who feels guilty after his uh, his ex-best friend, um, because they weren't best friends anymore. He kind of went with the popular crowd and he kind of became more of an outcast at school. And his friend um, takes his life at school, kills himself. And so the movie deals with those themes, but he doesn't want to have another kid experience what his friend experienced. And so he begins to be intentional on his school campus uh, at befriending people who are those outsiders to those who maybe don't have any friends, to those who maybe are in a difficult place. And, you know, through the movie, he is able to save a life. That's, that's the title of the movie, right? He is able to befriend somebody and not just to save their life willy-nilly, but to actually through relationship uh, and trust and connection and through his intentionality was able to save a person from taking their life. And that stuck with me because I knew people in my school who were suicidal and wanted to die. I was one of them for a while. And I knew plenty of people that felt like that, but they didn't really have a place to express that. 
And so I started to be intentional. Um, and this was already even before I saw the movie, I was intentional about creating a place on campus where I could, uh, like a club, uh, it was called Broken Barriers and it was a way of breaking down the barriers between different cliques in school and having a place where we can all gather together and talk about what's going on in our lives and be real and authentic, all that good stuff. And those years of forming that club and doing that, um, they still affect me to this day. They help me to be intentional in seeing, you know, the one, the one who is alone, the one who feels um, judged, who feels outcasted, the misfit. After I saw that movie, I was like, the next day at school, I'm like, I need to go start around, start going around school and befriending people and just sitting with them. And so I would find every kid, and I had friends that did this with me as well. It was contagious. We would go around and we would just kind of like what Kristen shared in her episode. We would just sit with students, um, sit with other kids and we would just eat lunch with them and talk with them and hang out with them. And it was amazing. Sometimes they loved it. Sometimes they wanted their space and it's all good because we were being intentional. And I actually made a lot of friends that way. And there's still people that I talk to to this day that came from those experiences. And being intentional in that way has carried throughout my entire life since then and my career. And it's why I went into doing ministry in college and it's why I went to work for nonprofits. And now it's why I've started this business. And so being intentional with our lives. And again, if I look at it through the elements of story, I wanted to be this type of character. And so I realized that there were actions within my step, within my grasp right in front of me that I could take towards being this kind of character. And I could influence the setting around me. I could influence the culture around me. And these different experiences have brought a prominent theme in my life. Uh, and one of my themes of uh, in my life, you know, if you were to ask me, is remembering the one and seeing someone, being with the hopeless, trying to offer hope. That's what I wanted my story to be about. And that's what I gave myself to. And that's what I continue to try to do to this day. So if you're out there and if you feel like you're not being seen or heard, please reach out to me. Reach out to All Things Narrative. All my consultations are free. And then from there, we could figure out uh, what one-on-one -on -one coaching, what that could look like. If you know a group of people that maybe you're in a group that wants to be intentional about your stories and the stories you're living and asking how can we apply the elements of stories through narrative therapy practices, then let's, let's get a workshop going. My Live a Meaningful Story workshop, that is exactly what we are trying to do. And let's collaborate. Let's do something together on that note. So I'm going to end it here. And I just want to say to all of you out there, I hope this makes sense. There's a lot more we could talk about with this. As with all these episodes, these are just scratching the surface. These are the shallow end of the pool, so to speak. But we are just, we're exploring this together, all things narrative. So how can the elements of story help us to live a meaningful and fulfilling life?
So we'll be back next week for why we love Disney animation and lots of great stories that we could talk about there. And we'll be back for a Narrative 101 next month where we will talk about storytelling itself. So once we actually apply these elements of story to our lives, then how do we better tell the stories of our lives? And how is telling the stories of our lives, how is that actually healing and part of the journey uh, towards wholeness? So that's what I got for you all today. So thank you so much once again for tuning in. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek, signing off, saying we'll be back next time. And I hope you'll join us. Take care.